You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Just kind of last year when Rick got here, it's um, like we, we felt like it was a fresh start, you know. A lot of distraction and turmoil. I'm, I'm happy to dialogue and, 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 and hash it out, but in real time, in real moment, you can't have bad body language for your teammates. What does number 100 mean to you? That means sh- Oh, yeah, a 3 nothing game. Uh, yeah, hopefully the next 100 comes faster. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Alfred. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog. Good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Alfred and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star. Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling. They recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Hey, Kintech. Good. I'm going to try some new things, some new characters. Different, char- different accent every day for the character. I think we're going to start straying away from accents. Oh. Yeah. I feel like we're already towing the line of being canceled, and I feel like toying with accents. Mm-hmm. But they're, might just they're put it loving over the edge. homages, though. Sorry, they're loving homages. I don't know about that. I don't know if it's an homage. Some call it mocking. <laughs> okay, we got a big show ahead. Uh, we got a lot of guests. To- I'm very excited about our first guest, Mr. Game Seven himself, former NHLer, now an NHL analyst for Sportsnet. Justin Williams is going to join the program. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to him just about the many big goals that he scored in the many big games um, that he played in. I think a great question for Justin Williams is um, what would he say to some of the young Canucks that don't have the playoff experience, you know, outside of some, Mr. Out, Game 7? outside of the bubble, um, how valuable is it? And what do you need to learn about going into the playoffs when you haven't been in the playoffs for a while? Yeah, and you want to talk about guys that have faced adversity. I'm going to ask him a question about the early parts of his career. You know, he had not one, but two ACL tears early in his <laughs> career right? and a torn Achilles. And he still came back to have the kind of career that he had. So Justin Williams at 6.30, 7 o'clock. Uh, we're doing our weekly hit with AJ's Pizza, but not with AJ. Some say the better half of AJ's Pizza, Teresa. AJ's wife is going to join us. Uh, we'll look ahead to the weekend. I heard there might be a new exciting promo for listeners. I'm just throwing it out there. No confirmation as of yet, 7 o'clock. Uh, Teresa from AJ's Pizza is going to join us. I mentioned that because it is Ask Us Anything. Friday, if you want to win the $100 gift card, to AJ's Pizza. Send and ask us anything in and do it now. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Hashtag it AUA. Put a pizza emoji into the text. The best ask us anything will win a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza. Uh, other guests today, 7.30, we got Moj. 8 o'clock, we got Rick Dollywall. We're also going to do our playnow.com BCLC locks of the week, the AFC and NFC Championship games on Sunday. So it's a big show ahead, working in reverse on the guest list. 8 o'clock, Rick Dollywall. 7.30, 
Bob the Moj Marjanovic. 7 o'clock, our weekly hit with AJ's Pizza. 6.30, Mr. Game 7, Justin Williams. Big show ahead. Without further ado, Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. So yesterday, the Canucks practiced ahead of last night's Dyson Ice, their annual charity event, ahead of tomorrow's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But I, I imagine they'll get the day off today. It was probably a late night for some of the boys last night. That Dyson ice gets crazy, man. Yeah, running the Ian Cole running the craps table. <laughs> Thatcher Demko dealing blackjack. It was a wild night. They may get today off. But none of these stories that I just brought up held a candle to the story that really kind of took over, especially social media. Imagine that yesterday. And it all kind of stemmed from a back and forth that Canucks reporter Jeff Patterson had with Canucks head coach Rick Tockett about two things. One, the comments Rick Tockett made about Elias Patterson uh, following the loss to St. Louis on Wednesday night. The other part of it was how those comments were either portrayed by the media or how Tockett didn't necessarily like how the media was portraying those comments. I think what we need to do right here is maybe play the audio mm-hmm. of exactly what was going on. Can I just can I just say uh, one thing? Jump right in. One thing before we play the audio. I feel like all of this was a bit of a game of broken telephone. You know what? You've got a point there. Because it was like, well, this guy said this about what I said about Petey. Yeah. And this media outlet said this, and then all you guys are the media together, and there was a sort of disconnect yeah. throughout the entire thing. Because I didn't. Well, it's worth noting the blasting thing as well was not even from us, like was from Vancouver. It was like a byline from like a Toronto-based Canucks article on like the Sportsnet website. Anyway, I started blasting. Did anyone say blast though? There was. Well, I think the article said it in the headline, but as, yes. as like as far as a quote goes from for, like a... for for what for what organization. Sportsnet. Our, our, that didn't say blasting. Yeah, there's a, there's a screen grab yeah. going around. No, the screen grab said something like, talk it calls out Pedersen. There was no blasting whatsoever. There's, there was no headline out there that said, talk it blasts Pedersen. The screen grab said, talk it calls out, calls out yeah. Pedersen. Right. Which I suppose we can get into later, but like the like my that, point that, is it wasn't no, no, even no, generated no. from here though, but right? My That's point is this whole thing was broken telephone. Like nobody said blasting. Are you looking yeah. at the screen? Yeah, I know what you're now? saying. Yeah, like, trying to find it. Yeah, no, we got, you won't it, find it, it by googling scrubbed from the internet. You won't find it by googling talk at blast Pedersen because does that does that say blasting? No, purple monkey dishwasher. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. calls out. Yeah, calls out. So is that? Yeah. It's not blasting, right? It's so. It's also silly. This is. This it's is ridiculous. This is but totally that's silly. Who, that speaks to his point about this being yeah. a game of broken telephone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 uh, let's hear talk, talking about how he blasted Pedersen, and then <laughs> <here's>, <laughs> do we have do we have do we have the question that J Pat asked? Okay, yeah. because I think J Pat said the word blasting, and then Talkit was like. Now I'm reading about me blast. Blasting has lost all meaning. Go. 
You were asked questions about Elias last night, and you gave a pretty direct answer. And in a market like this one, that's sort of taken as the coach blasted, you know, one of his star players. Uh, I assume whatever you say to us in the media, you would say to the players, and like, I mean, where's the level of communication in that regard in terms of criticizing? Players? Well, I didn't think he skated last night, so if the article I blasted him. I mean, that's you guys. I mean, but what do you want him to say? I mean, you guys are taking it to a. If Hoggy has a bad game, a couple of bad games, I say it, but it's not in the paper. Like, P's a big man. You know, he had a tough night skating-wise, I thought. It's over with. You know, he played 21 minutes. He's not on the end of the bench, so we're, we're taking this to a different level. Like, yeah, it's different. I, I was on your side as a media guy, right, and I get it. But you guys got to analyze the game, too. You got to understand certain things, too. So it's not talk that has a problem with Pedersen. It's you asked me a question, who was good, who was bad. So I got to be careful because if if you guys are going to ask me questions now, a player, I'm not going to say I'm going to say no comment. I'll let you guys analyze it. So you guys got to be careful. That's not a big deal. He's out there smiling. It's not a big deal. So maybe it's a story that we're we're winning a lot and we're looking for negativity. That's the way I look at it. Not to blast you guys. It's just frustrating because it's it's you know over the internet talking blast at Pedersen. So I don't know how I blasted him. I just said he had a tough night. Do you and think there's a fatigue factor? I mean, we go back our, to the road trip, he was lighting it up. I mean, I just remember as you Some guys go through there. stretches. Yeah. Whether you're a good player or not, and sometimes you got to be reminded, hey, you got to skate, you got to manage the puck. You know, you got to get some good angles. It's, I don't care who you are. You know, it's, and, you know, you're looking for consistency, and he's a consistent guy, and that's it. Go to work. So that was, that was talking blasting away at the Vancouver media. So much blasting. A lot of blasting history. going on. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm actually hesitant to spend too much time talking about this because it too often gets perceived as the media as us acting defensively and we have a habit of navel gazing sometimes and talking too much about ourselves when really we we shouldn't be part of the story but I get exactly what Tockett was saying and I don't blame him for anything that he said yesterday he does not want any sort of narrative to start that he isn't fully supportive of Petey as a player and a person. He thinks Petey can play better if he moves his feet a little more. That's it. As he said, it's not a big deal. Every hockey player in the world has been reminded at some point to keep his feet moving. It's nothing bigger than that. Yes, even star players need reminders sometimes, and it's okay to get some guidance from your coach. That's what the coach is for. I thought Petey handled it perfectly well, too. He said, we play a professional game and the coach wants more of me. I'm going to try and do a better job next game. Perfect answer. Petey, Petey also took responsibility for the two turnovers he had in overtime. And he downplayed the non-call that led to the Blues winning goal. Again, perfect. Here's the thing. This is Pedersen we're talking about. So there's added weight to any conversation about him, especially if there's any semblance of a perceived negative, yep. which is what Tockett was getting at. The fact is, here are the facts. We don't know for sure if he'll be back next season. The Canucks badly want him back, so they're going to be protective of him. The fans want him back, so they're going to be protective of him too. Reporters are supposed to be more neutral. So their objectives aren't always aligned with the team and the fans, even though the fans sometimes call on the media to help out the team, which isn't the media's job. 
But I will admit, and I think we can all admit, even the people in the media, sometimes media outlets do try to make a story more salacious than it really is. For the clicks, the kids say. The clicks. Gotta, the get, the, sport, gotta get those clicks, man. The, sports, clicks. the Sportsnet headline read, Tockett calls out Pedersen, says he hasn't liked his game lately. Now, was that an egregious headline? No. Not really. No. Because no. Tockett did say he hadn't liked his game lately. Here's the full quote. I haven't liked his game the last three or four games. Not just the last game, the last three or four games. We've got to get him going. I think he's got to skate. He's got to start skating a little bit. I think he's good with the moves sometimes, but I think when you have speed and make those moves, that's when he's at his best. We'll get him going. Was it a criticism? Of course it was. It was a well-intentioned suggestion that he do something differently, i.e. move his feet. But I'm not sure you'd say that he was calling out Pedersen. That's the that's where I'd probably take. No one said blasting. No one said blasting. But calling out even might have been a little bit much. Yeah, I would have just put talk and then the quote probably if I was writing it. It was just an honest answer to a question, and it ended with optimism that he'd find a way to get him going. A call out to me is different than that. I think when you call a player out, it tends to be more unprompted and harsh like you're at the end of your rope and you're trying to send a message through the media almost like you're trying to shame the player into changing his ways like fine I'll go to the media with this kind of like what Rick Bonus did when the Jets were eliminated from the playoffs last season that was a call out which by the way <laughs> resulted in some high profile players being shipped out I don't think Tockett saying Petey needs to skate more is even close to the same thing um, and Tockett said, listen, I'm not saying things to the media to send a message to the players. I don't do that. I'm not telling you anything they don't already know. Um, one final thing. I wrote some stuff out, if you can't tell. One final thing. And this point extends to more than sports. I do think some people out there overuse the word negative or negativity. In my mind identifying a potential stumbling block is not negative. Right. It's not negative to wonder if PD is going to resign in Vancouver. It's not negative to wonder if PD might need more complimentary line mates or if there are things he can do to take his game to a higher level. What do you think Tockett thinks about all day? It's curiosity by a passionate fan base that wants to celebrate a Stanley cup one day. Now, I get that some people just want to live in the moment and enjoy the season. And I think we've been doing plenty of enjoying this season. In fact, it's been like it's it's been great. And we've said repeatedly what a remarkable surprise it's been. I've said remarkable so many times that word has lost all meaning to me. And how much fun it's been to cover the team again, looking ahead to the playoffs as opposed to the draft lottery. We we we've marveled at this turnaround. We've said, how many times has this happened in the NHL? But as a sports talk show, should we just marvel for three hours a day? Or should we acknowledge that the bar has been raised and expectations are higher now? I don't think anyone on the Canucks or in the Canucks organization is feeling too satisfied or comfortable right now. In fact, 
the message, if you talk to players like Quinn Hughes or Rick Tockett, uh, they said they were saying a lot of this stuff at the Dyson Ice uh, last night is the completely opposite from being satisfied or comfortable. Now we just have different concern, concerns. So let's not be afraid to talk about those concerns. It's not negativity. It's, it's curiosity and excitement about the future. And if you're willing to be honest, you can admit that the Canucks still have some areas of concern. Otherwise, they just sit back at the trade deadline, do nothing, and plan the parade. Yep, we got it under control. That was very well said, friend. Very well said. No notes. Perfectly explained. Like we'll add, I'll Lots add on notes. for the put the oh, notes from you, right? Yeah, yeah, but no, no, no. That was that's very well said because while you didn't want to talk about it a lot, it needed to be spoken on the whole subject because there's a lot of layers to it and there's a lot of nuance to it. And here's the thing: the Canucks are the show. They're the big show in town. When we don't talk about the Canucks, we have people texting in, why aren't you talking about the Canucks? Maybe you should talk about the Canucks more. So inevitably, conversations are going to go off in a variety of different avenues and streets and lanes and tangents and everything else. So when uh, a head coach doesn't blast, maybe calls out or simply references the team's star player who is without contract moving forward, you can kind of make the logical leap that that conversation is going to go in a variety of different ways. If we were just to park it and then talk about what Joel Embiid did last night, a lot of you would be saying, no, continue to talk about the Pedersen situation. <laughs> so I get it. I get that it's this, and this is the, the tightrope that we have to walk, and no one wants to really hear us talk about that too much. Like That's the aforementioned navel-gazing you were talking about. So, hey, are we allowed, or should we, Look at our collective media and say, do we need to do things differently? And by differently, I mean better. I think in a lot of ways, yes. Right? I thought it was funny yesterday that after Tockett said what he said in that clip, Daily Have had an article up talking about how Tockett issued a warning to Canucks media. Like, that's funny to me. It's like, well, we're not going to take all of his words out of context, but we're going to take that out of context. Because he wasn't really offering a warning. That wasn't what he was doing. But it could be interpreted as such by one particular media outlet. And when you have 18 of them covering the same team, all dying for stories and all looking for, again, mm. the aforementioned clicks, you're going to get things like this. But the reality Which of it is this. Tockett is, I would say, a breath of fresh air at times. Oh, he's awesome. With how he will say things to the media that are honest and engaging and, I think, authentic. There's a sense of genuine answers when people have questions, right? Like he's not mm -hmm. just saying what he thinks needs to be said. He's not just reading from a cue he's card. He's genuinely trying to answer. I do wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that he was on the other side of the media ledger there for a while. I don't want that to go away. As a not, you know, not even a media guy, but just as a fan, I really like the way that he'll answer questions and the way that he kind of gives you an idea of exactly what's going on with his team. So I, I actually didn't have any problem with that warning headline just because like there right, was a, there was a bit of a warning that he said right. listen if you guys sensationalize a quote like that which again you can debate whether or not that even happened no i'm you not can even, you can debate whether that even happened but he said listen i will choose my words more carefully yeah and that's I'm not, a warning and, and i'm but that's what i'm saying i'm not uh, i'm not blasting as we use that word again anybody for the way that they interpret things let's put it that way mm -hmm. and you brought up a really good point earlier when you talked about uh the frivolous use of negativity as a classifier yeah, yeah, yeah. right interpretations are like it's a very broad spectrum right some people's negativity is other people's honesty 
Exactly. That, that, that is the perfect way to put it. Or curiosity. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, oh, I'm a little concerned about, you know, Petey's line mates. They're winning games. Why do you have to be so negative? Yeah, well, it's the classic, like, reading the, reading <laughs> right? the score okay, of the sorry. game from the night before. Why are you being so negative? I literally just told you what the score of the Some, game was. Sam from uh, Cowichan texts in, ha, 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 the new headline is now Halborough blasts jpad so yeah like you know what if we're gonna dish it out we got to be able to take it we should get into some of these other scores and uh results and news and notes I, I started blasting just like <laughs> uh, okay so the edmonton oilers may never lose a hockey game again that's just the reality that we live in now we have to i guess embrace it because the edmonton oilers won their 15th consecutive game they are now tied for the third longest win streak in nhl history and here's the thing they look like they might set the record. I'm just throwing it out there. Calvin Pickard, they're going to blast that record. They're going to blast that record. Calvin Pickard made 27 saves for the shadow. Connor McDavid, two goals and an assist. Edmonton wins their 15th straight game, 3 nothing against Chicago on Thursday. They're going to go for win number 16, which would tie them with the 2016-2017 Columbus Blue Jackets, a mark that I still can't believe happened, but it did. For the second longest win streak in NHL history, if they're able to do that, it's on Saturday, an, an afternoon affair at Rogers Place in Edmonton against Nashville. Then they'll go into the All-Star break, and then they come out of the All-Star break with three games. Now, the tough one's going to be in Vegas. Then they go to Anaheim. Vegas is to tie the record, though, right? Vegas would be to tie the record, theoretically. they got to yeah. win all these games, of course, right? Everyone knows how this works. Well, they got to win the Nashville game yeah. on Saturday, yep. then go into the All-Star break. McDavid gets injured in the fastest skater competition, and yep. that's it for the others. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if they have that in, in the competition. I, I, we'll find out when he injures himself in it. So um, we kind of jokingly, not jokingly, we're saying, like, what happens? I said yesterday, I'm like, what happens if Edmonton goes on to win 35 more consecutive games in the second half of the season and catches the Canucks in the standings? But I, you, at this stage of the game, you have to consider that Edmonton is just going to continue to ascend the standings. Uh, Chris Knobloch had a quote yesterday where he said, we're not even playing all that great right now. Like, well, you know, what I think he's trying to do there is... Most winning streaks come to an end with the team still winning a few games, but they're not playing all that re- that well. That's that's at least the cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, you get it, you, you've got this momentum. Maybe you're on a lucky streak or whatever, um, and that's typically how it ends. So I think what he's trying to stop is, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this year, but the Oilers have been a bit streaky. And I think what he's no, he's he's trying to avoid is when the streak inevitably comes to an end, he doesn't want them to go into a losing funk because they've forgotten what made them so successful in the first place. And there's a lot of people that have pointed out, and I don't think unfairly, um, th- th- like don't get me wrong, this this winning streak is very very impressive, very. But they played a lot of easy teams, right? Yeah. They they didn't exactly blow Chicago out of the water. Similar to the Canucks didn't blow Chicago out of the water. Chicago mm-hmm. can't score. No. Like they can't they cannot put the puck in the net. They're quite poor. You know? at it. Um and but you know, they did the same thing to the Oilers that they did to the Canucks. They they kept it relatively close. Like it was a one nothing game for a lot of that game yesterday, and you might think that Edmonton 
would probably want to do better. Remember, we were talking about the lotto line against Chicago. We were like, come on, guys, what what are you guys doing? And a lot of people are like, they're conserving energy. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I don't know about that. But like, you know, and maybe Chicago's doing some good things defensively because they know they got to keep the game low scoring. But I think what he's, what what Chris Knobloch knows is that they will lose a game at some point, but they want to keep all the good things that have been happening to them. Uh, a team that does want to start doing better, that's the Calgary Flames. They lost their fourth game in a row last night. It was not a pretty one. At home to the lowly Columbus Blue Jackets. 5-2 for the Blue Jackets in this one. Uh, of note, Jonathan Huberto got tossed in this game. Five in a game for boarding Jack Roslick when the game was still very much in the balance. Did you see his reaction too? As soon as he did it, he was like, oh my God. Yeah, he knew. He was either upset at the player for turning his back on him. That was part of it. uh, But also probably upset at himself that something bad was going to happen to him. And that was the other part of it. So the Flames now Flames are done. Are six points back of Nashville for the final wild card with equal games played. That's not good. Even worse, between Calgary and Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, and Seattle. So I do wonder going in to this all-star break if it's time for Craig Conroy to wave the white flag on the season and say it's time to start selling some assets. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. It's time for 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 Dolly. Rick Dollywall. It's time for Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dollywall. It's time for Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. 8.03 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sorfi, what are you waiting for? Kintech! Let's go to the phone lines. Rick Dollywall joins us now on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Rick? All good, all good. What's going on? Uh, well, it was a pretty interesting uh, press availability with Rick Tockett oh. yesterday. What did, you, uh, what did you think of it? Well, it's very interesting. You nailed it. Um, Tockett says he was surprised his comments about Patterson's play versus the Blues was portrayed as Coach Blast's star player. He says he may be guarded with answers from here on in. He had a problem, I think, with the headlines on Twitter. Tockett blasted Patterson. I don't know. You guys have been in the the, the writing industry. I, I, I always, when I talk to my newspaper friends, they, the, the, the guy that writes the article doesn't write the headlines. And so I don't know who writes the headlines, but I, I well, think no either. one wrote a headline that said talk had blasted Pedersen for the record. Well, there was, that's the, that's the feel I got from his press conferences. You guys are portraying this as talk had blasted Pedersen. He didn't blast him. He gave an honest assessment of his star player, whether it's the top six guy or bottom six, he always gives you the goods in a very professional manner. He was honest, but he got a lesson in Vancouver media. This is what happens on slow news days. You know, 
me and Donnie love Tockets, honestly, uh, when he's talking about players. He shouldn't change. Since the day he arrived, he's been exactly what this franchise needs. You know, honest, holds players accountable, teaches like no coach in the city has taught in a long time, and he's good with the media. I will tell you one thing. He did his research before he came to Vancouver. His good friend, you know, is Travis Green. He talked to Green a lot about all the good and bad that comes with Vancouver, and you know Green would have given talk at the lowdown on the media. Green had his ups and downs, you know, with the media. I used to talk to Travis all the time about, you know, the media, but this is what it is, you know. But here's the thing. When Tockett was here, he's done nothing but win. When Green was here, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of losing, right? So I I don't know where you go with this. I think winning or losing, the Canucks media is going to get to you at some point, I guess. We had Cody Hodgson on yesterday, and he mentioned his time in Vancouver. It was more the media that made the big deal about him not playing. So I guess I guess uh, it doesn't matter if it's a player or a coach. Uh, the media gets to you at some point. But if Tockett clamps down, the fans and the media will be the ones who suffer. Rick, but, I have a question yeah, for you. Yeah. Is it newsworthy? Is it worth discussing on a radio show? Is it worth writing a newspaper article about that Tockett criticized Elias Pettersson. If he came out of the if he if he brought up Pettersson himself without a question, but the question was what do you think of Pettersson's play and he gave you a response, an honest response. And he does the same when it was Kuzmenko, he did the same thing Hoaglander, he did the same thing Joshua and you know and he did the same thing with Zadorov the other day too. So he yeah, gave and those you an are all newsworthy, answer. right? Newsworthy, yeah, you know sure. what I mean, right? Like it's yeah, like yeah. it's like, hey, what did you think of the talk at press conference? What did you find interesting from the press conference? I was like, oh well, he had some criticisms for Elias Pettersson. Yeah, but he didn't bring it up on his own. Like it wasn't so, manufactured. Yeah, yeah but no, no, I, no, I, but like you're still gonna, you're still gonna. Yeah. It's still worth discussing. Like I understand. Well, sure listen, listen, I understand. I think this is what talk it doesn't want. This is just my opinion. Feel free to agree, disagree, whatever. Yeah. I think he doesn't want the narrative to start that he's got a problem with Pedersen. Pedersen, yeah. But I think it's perfectly fine to say, like, hey, talk it, even talk it, even the head coach said, it doesn't matter if he, if he said it, you know, out of the blue or not. You know, he was asked a question and his, his answer was, I haven't liked PD's games the last three or four, uh, his, his game the last three or four games. That's worth talking about. We talk about this team every day. Yeah, and we talked about that. Tockett and Pedersen comment on our show as well, and you guys did. Every show on your station did. I'm pretty well. I'm going to guess every show did. It was noteworthy, but I, I I'm just trying to figure out, like you know, he he. he I, I just don't want him to get guarded because no, it, no you, one let, does. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't change his mind because, and he continues to be honest with his answers because he is an absolute treat to listen to when he talks about hockey. Like he's one of those coaches, like. Um, that you cling on to every word that he says, and he's honest. And but I, I like I, I, I just got to tell you, like I don't know what part. But the one part I got, you guys made a big deal out of you know Coach Slam's star player. But I, I don't think we sold it on our show as Coach Slam's top player. We just said, hey, uh, I don't think said, anyone did. Yeah, but I mean, but that's what he said. He said, you but know, that, you guys. But are, you know why? You know why I said it? It's because it was why? suggested to him. Ah, right, right, right. It was suggested to him that that's what happened, um, and then he said, well, that's on you guys, not me. Right, 
And it's funny to me that the team's in first place in the overall standings, right? They're tied with Boston uh, this morning, and and this is an issue in the market. And we're heading into the All-Star break. There's one more game, Columbus. Maybe that All-Star break is what everybody needs, Jason, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it just It's everybody needs it. Um, and, you know, and i got to give Pedersen credit. Uh, you know, he was asked about Tockett's comments, and that's what reporters do is they go back and forth. And he said, look, if the coach wants me to play better, I'll play better, and I'll, 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 I'll pick it up in the next game. So i got to give Pedersen credit, too, is he came back and he said, look, I'll, I'll pick it up in the next game. But, look, talk it. He's got to make a decision. You know, I mean, this is Vancouver. This is the media. And, you know, and they see these coaches uh, – uh, uh, Jason see things on Twitter too. He mentioned uh, the internet, right? And so you know these coaches get stuff sent to them from friends all the time too. Hey, look at this! Mm-hmm. You know this guy's ripping. You know that happens all the time. They got people that are connected to them to send them stuff on on what's being said about him and the team. So I just hope he doesn't clamp down because I think the fans in this city and I think the media will suffer because he's such an honest coach and I just love listening to him talk uh, pre-game, post-game and and during the game as well. You know, it's funny. The grass is always greener on the other side. We had Justin Williams on our show yeah. this morning who's played in some massive games in the NHL and he's won Stanley Cups. But he also said, you know what? Part of me wonders what it would have been like to be in a Canadian market. You know, it might have been fun, you know, as opposed to L.A. and Carolina where you can walk around and nobody really cares who you are. Um, You know, I nearly joked to like you tried for seven days and you'd be like, I want back to Carolina. But, you know, there is a, a certain element of the grass is greener on the other side when you're playing in a Canadian market, but also when you're playing in a market where you're like behind high school football in terms of the importance Look Look where Alexander Adler went after Vancouver. Where'd he go? He went to Los Angeles. Why do you think he went to Los Angeles? You know, to get away from, you know, uh, the, did you think if, 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 do you think if Adler walked down the beach in, in LA that anyone would say, hey, look, it's Alexander Adler? You know, when I talk to agents, especially July 1st, a lot of them talk about, do you want to ask their client, do you want to play in a Canadian market and everything that comes with it, the media, and unfortunately Canucks Twitter as well. Do you want to be in a city where it's that intense intense in terms of the coverage, intense in terms of, a, of, of Twitter and all that other stuff? It's a good point that you bring up. Hockey, Canadian markets are not for everybody. They're not. They're not all players. And and that comes into some decisions sometimes. It does. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Some some players prefer markets in the U.S. where where the media attention is not that crazy. And, uh, no, I agree with you. It, it's a factor sometimes for sure. Um, I imagine the Canucks are going to – well, actually, I don't know. Do you think they'll hold some meetings over the All-Star break uh, to plan for the trade deadline? Oh sure. They, they what are we now? Six weeks away? Uh, no, it's, it's, I, I guess yeah, around there. Over. Yeah, around there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five or six weeks away for sure. It's it's getting ramped up, and you, you see their pro scouts are now. You saw them in Montreal Ottawa game. You saw them in the Buffalo Kings game, and um, you're starting to see more. You know, it'll get more intense for sure. You're bang on. I don't think they're in on uh, Sean Monahan. Could he be a second line center in Vancouver? I don't. Most think not. Mm-hmm. But I think you know. Are, are they? Are, here's the thing. Uh, are they looking for some versatility? A guy who can play center and wing. Um, Lindholm, who Jim Rutherford drafted by the way in 213 in Carolina as a centerman, but he's played wing as well. 
Uh, we're hearing all the same names, uh, Jason Gensel, Lindholm, um, Adam Henrique. But the one thing I like to do is, is sometimes look at some of the players that Canucks have, have liked in the past two or three years and see if they're, you know, there's this guy, uh, Frank uh, Vetrano. Uh, he, when he was a UFA in 2022, he was a top target for the Canucks, but they didn't have the cap space to give mm-hmm. him the $3.6 million that he got from the Ducks. Like, I remember texting his agent, Peter Fish, um, it, it, into, into July 1st, and the Canucks were still, I think it was 11 or 12 o'clock, and the Canucks were still uh, poking around uh, Vetrano. I don't know if the Ducks are going to have a, a fire sale and get rid of everyone because he's still got a year left on his deal. Uh, not sure if the Ducks are going to make him available, but that's a guy that Canucks have liked. Uh, Blue Jackets forward Jack Roslovic is a guy this regime has liked in the past. He got hurt last night. Didn't he get hit from behind? Uh, Huberto hit him from behind last night in Calgary, so I'm not sure he's going to play tomorrow, but that's a guy they've liked in the past. Uh, we know they like Jordan Greenway, the size and speed. Uh, that's a guy they've liked in the past. They did have a pro scout in L.A. to watch that King Sabres game, but they, 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 there could have been multiple players they were watching. So you always look at... Um, other players that uh, they've liked in the past two, three years, and if they would revisit those, you kind of always look at that. On the blue line with Carson Soucy out long term, they need uh, uh, Zadorov, who was benched the other night. Uh, they need Zadorov to provide good minutes here until Soucy gets back. Um, so, you know what? I think the plan was the Canucks were waiting to see how Ian Cole played on the right side mm-hmm. to decide whether they were going to add a defenseman at the trade deadline. But then Soucy got injured, and now Cole's back on the left side. Juleson has stepped in, so they were kind of waiting before the Susie injury to see how Cole played on the right side to decide if they were going to add another defenseman or not. And of course, that injury is now throwing everything out. But uh, Zadorov, they got to get him back. Um, one shift, third period versus the Blues. Never saw the ice again. Twelve minutes in total. Um, but there was talk at work and was Zadorov before practice yesterday, one on one. He gets it. He benches these guys, but he works with them the very next day. So uh, that that's an important guy. The door off until Susie gets back. They need good minutes from him. You check in with Dan Milstein every time one of his clients gets benched. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I sometimes I get scared. Uh, sometimes he is his clients have had a tough go this year because yeah. even uh, even uh, did you hear talk? It gave a lengthy uh, answer to you know McCabe's issues of late, and then you know we all know. Uh, you know, what's been going on with Kuzmenko. His parents were in town this morning, or this week, sorry, to watch him in Vancouver. But Milstein's, uh, that, I always watch that uh, relationship. Uh, you know, Mike, that's a good, that's a good question. That relationship with Milstein and the Canucks is very interesting to me because he's got Zadorov, Kuzmenko, and, um, he's got Mikheyev, but he's got a ton of guys also in the, um, He's got a ton of guys also in the in the farm system, and he's always talking to the Canucks. Like, I don't think a day goes by where Milstein and the Canucks don't talk, right? And Zadorov is is going to be interesting down the stretch here because he's a UFA and he's got he's a guy that's got to be resigned. And I, as I've said on your show a, a lot a lot of times, Milstein's looking for a, he's looking for term. He's looking for term. And you guys were talking this week. I heard you talking about what UFAs with the Canucks sign. That's going to be fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got Patterson and Aronic. I, You know, you have no idea wh- where those two are going to land in terms of money. Both those guys got their hands out with, you know, well, not hands out, but they're going to get extremely big raises, both of them. Then you got to go out and get your, your UFAs done. I Like, I mean... The amount of juggling that's going to have to be done with contracts after this season and before July 1st is going to be amazing to me. Amazing. 
It's funny that uh, Talkit was talking about uh, Mikheyev and how when him and Kuzmenko are playing together, they're too far apart. Like, there's not yeah. enough puck support, I guess. Um, and he compared it to how, yeah. how Garland will be supported by, you know, Bluger and Joshua, et cetera. And we've seen how that line can keep possession in the offensive end and tire out the other team if, if they don't score. Um, and my response to that was like, why are they on the same line then all the yeah. time? Yeah. Well, doesn't it kind of show you why they're going after a top six winger? Yes, you know exactly. You know, doesn't it kind of show you yeah. why they feel they need to add a top six winger? Like they're not getting a ton of offense from McKayev and Kuzmenko right now. Kuzmenko had the two assist game, but I think he's only got two assists in his last twelve. And McKayev's kind of dropping off uh, points wise well. So that leaves to me, if you look at their top six right now, the only winger, well, well essentially, Besser's kind of, he hasn't scored in six games. Mm-hmm. So they're, uh, Suter's the only winger uh, in the top six that's scoring right now. And he got three in the last game. <laughs> so if you want to know why they're looking for a top six winger, go and look at their wingers right now in the top six and you'll, you'll understand quickly why. Um, you wanted to say something about a couple of young defensemen in the organization, Hunter Biscavich and Jacob Truscott. Yeah, Biscavich uh, tied for the OHL lead in points, 69. Like, this guy's nice. having, uh, nice. you know, still no contract from the Canucks. It's not from a lack of uh, trying. Hearing most likely they'll get something done in the spring. Nothing negative here. Biscavich uh, certainly has caught the attention of the hockey world with his, uh, his start, no question. No idea if teams are calling Vancouver right now about a trade and if they would like him included. I haven't got any information about that, but it wouldn't surprise anyone. But, boy, that kid has... He's done everything possible, but I'm I'm hearing um, they, they should get something done in the spring uh, with Buskevich. So I don't think there's any uh, anything wrong there in terms of getting him done. Truscott is a 21 year old defenseman at the University of Michigan. He's a captain, fifth rounder in 2020. He either signs with the Canucks or he becomes a free agent this summer. Expect talks to surface when his season is over. Everything's positive here. I believe both sides want to get a signing done as of right now. Remember the panic last year? Aid McDonough, he's not going to sign. Remember Rathbone, he's not going to sign. Lockwood, he's not going to sign. Well, there's a lot of fear. Uh, these guys aren't going to sign, but I don't get that fear right now when it comes to Truscott. Um, you know, Elvine going to Boston in January last year, meeting with McDonough's family, that was huge, right? That that played a big role in McDonough signing. And, you know, so these guys, Canucks are well aware of Truscott could hit the free agent market this year, but I'm just not hearing anything negative there. I'm hearing a lot of positive stuff, uh, and hopefully they, they'll probably get a deal done in the spring after his season in Michigan is over. Hey, Rick, if the Canucks want to add a top six forward, do you think they should go out and get Cody Hodgson? No, I'm, I'm- all joking aside, I know you guys had him on the show. We tried to get him on the show, couldn't get it done. You guys talked to him. I just want to know how he's doing. And this story, it kind of caught us by surprise because of all the guys we expected to make a comeback, Cody Hodgson was not on that list. He got his health. Um, there was uh, there was a director of player personnel in Nashville that he's kept in touch with. I think his last name is Nickel. And he decided this summer, he, he first he got a clean bill of health and decided uh, this summer to come back. He sounded like on the show, he sounded very excited. He was in a good space mentally. Uh, we, you know, we talked about his up, ups and downs in Vancouver. He, you know, he said that nothing's guaranteed, that Nashville didn't guarantee him that, you know, you're going to play here. And, you know, he's got to prove it at the American League level. He had his first uh, 
game. He got an assist. He said he should have scored on his first uh, shift, actually. He sounds like he's in a real good spot, Mike, but that that just seems to me like a long-term project. That just he hasn't played Mike in 7 years. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you not play the game of hockey? And even the American Hockey League, a lot of people don't realize how hard it is it, even to play at the American Hockey League level. It, it is hard. And he he's got to he's got to prove it at the American Hockey League level first, then he's got to go from there. But I think this is a long-term play. If he can prove it at the American League level, I think he can try the NHL then. But he didn't sound like it was imminent going to Nashville. He just said it's step by step. I think he's great that he's giving it a shot. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, give absolutely. it a shot. Why not? Yep. Um, and 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 you know, he was only in Vancouver, guys, for two years. Like everyone talks about, you know, tenth overall and this and that. He was only here for two years. He did bring up, you know, the media to us, and and he did bring up, uh, you know, the intensity of, you know, Twitter and how they follow players and. and in Vancouver, but you know what? He was only here two years, and you know, you, you, we all know the famous Mike Gillis quote: "I spent more off time. I, I spent more time off the ice with Cody Hodgson than any other player that he's ever, you know, spent time with." We know that quote. Mike Mike said it, but he is in a good space. He's much more mature now, and he's going to give it the old college try, and we'll see where it goes. Rick, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. This was great. Enjoy the weekend. All right, later. See you later. That's Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Czech TV here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Dan and Poco text in, the reason Tockett felt the way Joe did about the PD comments, though he did, about the PD comments is because it went viral. Technically, that's different than media saying coach blasts star players, player, but to him it was the same. That's why he got his backup. He was saying the viral nature of Twitter, et cetera, could cause him to be guarded. He was not wrong. I totally get it. And this is where I have a problem. Media should figure it out because it's not that complicated and media themselves and fans are the ones that will suffer. So I replied to Dan. I said, what can media do in that situation? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, it's because every single media guy posts it. So it's on blast. It's not like the old days where one writer puts his opinion in the paper. Look at Morning Skate Line Rush. It's 15 media guys tweet the exact same thing. Then you get fans taking things out of context, even if media didn't, and you end up with a guarded coach. I also think it's because it was Prickly Petey and it's eggshells around him. That has an element of truth to it. Anyway, as far as what is media to do in that situation, maybe not every media guy in Vancouver needs to blast every tidbit every day. I get it's their job. It's delicate. Number one, there isn't nearly as much media covering this team as there used to be because of cutbacks. Um, and number two, they're all in competition with each other. Yeah. If Tockett says something that's like, ooh, that's a criticism of Elias Pettersson, and that's what it was, and it's okay. And as Tockett said, it's not a big deal. And not as a big Petey deal. says, it's not a big deal. You know, I think I see this from a lot of media guys too, and I even I even have a problem with it too myself. But and obviously it's an issue for some players. You just got to accept it. And I know it's really hard sometimes. Believe me, some of the stuff that gets sent into our show, that gets sent into us on Twitter, totally misconstruing what we're saying, it's really frustrating. It gets personal. It gets creepy sometimes. Some of the things that people text in, people will find out things about us personally and text it in, and that's weird. Uh But 
you know, it's frustrating, but oftentimes when we talk about it, we're just like, you know what? We can't stop it. Nope. We can't stop it. Territory now, better or worse, whatever. You know, I've, I've had, I've even had conversations with Dollywall about it and he's like, I just missed the good old days. And I'm like, they're not coming back, buddy. Yeah. They're not coming back. Like, this is it. So let's just do our best in this situation and try to be an, as honest and fair as we can possibly be while covering this team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all you can do, really, is try and be fair and try and be legit. And then if you make a mistake, own up to it. That's another big part of this as well. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.